0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is the thirteenth of August. It is dream theme Thursday. The world is changing. the shades of our world is changing. We are no longer feeling polarized. There's a lot of decisions that we can make, and God's got this. We may think at times what's God thinking? but he's got this. And we are all doing our best and we can only continue to do that because then we will get the best. So just keeping in mind that if we take a positive spin, it is not the weaker spin because being positive isn't a spin. Being negative is a spin. That's when we can spin pretty readily. But today, Dream Theme Thursday, talk about spinning. Let's figure out what's going on in people's minds while they're sleeping. So here we go. Our first one, it's from Liam, and he says, I have a reoccurring dream. I'm eating chewing gum, and there's too much of it in my mouth. And no matter how much I take out of my mouth, there is still more. On a side note, my mom says, I put too much food in my mouth at a time and I almost choked last week on a kebab. Maybe that's the meaning of the dream, but knowing your interpretations, it could mean more thanks. Well, it's not actually about having a lot of food in your mouth and then there's more, but food is a great way to show you or to... I guess it's the only thing that we could really stuff in our mouths that would make us think we constantly have a lot of food in our mouth. But in truth, the part of no matter how much you're chewing it, no matter how much of it you think you swallowed, there's still more. Back of this dream is saying is, Liam, you have a lot to say. And once you say it, you see more of it and then you still wanna talk. It's like you wanna talk about certain subjects until you have done all the research, until you have you feel you know everything about it and you get right onto something. It's like, you know, when they say a dog is on a bone and he just loves chewing that bone and it's his favorite bone and wherever he goes, that goes with him and You know, it's that that same thing where when you want to know something, you want to know everything about it, and then once you figure out what you think you want to know about it, you want to talk about it, and you want to talk about it a lot, and you want to figure it out, and it just becomes your focus point of, oh, my gosh, this is what I'm learning now, and you get really into it, and almost to the point of being a little bit obsessive about how much You want to know. And so that's why it always feels like it's just making more. Because think about it. Anything we start, anything, once we start, that's when the motivation kicks in. People wait for motivation, and that's why 10 years can go by before you start something. You may want to do it. It may feel good that you think you're going to do it. It kind of gives you something to shoot for. But why have you never started it? And that was something Christ said to me early on. We have to start to start. Once you start something, even if it is just preparing to start it, like you did a little research or you're, you're going to build something and you, you bought the parts, you bought the first part, or you Google something and you start looking for information or you buy a book, whatever it is you do, once you have started, started it, you are now in progress or in process. I like to say progress because it's like motion, you know, you're you're going, you're doing it. Just think about it. It stays a thought. And so this reoccurring dream is just telling you, hey Liam, you have a lot to say. And it's okay to say it. There was something I thought about yesterday because I thought, you know, I was telling somebody about my radio show and I said, you know, I want to do um, videos and, you know, someone in my family is super sick right now and we're trying to bring them back to health. And and I just, I couldn't even feel like talking for the last two weeks. And I, I couldn't even do my radio show because I was just so overwhelmed with so many emotions that I just needed to be quiet but in that time you know when Christ says things change most when we are quiet I feel like with Liam in his dream because he's just chewing 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 and it's gum it's not actually food it doesn't feed him that he's had enough of the quiet and now he's pretty much ready to talk Because even though he may have too much out of his mouth, and no matter how much he took out, there's more, it's saying, hey, I'm alive and well, don't ignore me. Don't ignore me. I'm here. And the reason I say that about the show was I said, wow, you know, when I first started the show, I had like seven or eight listeners top. And now I have, I don't know how many, I think it's like 120,000 listeners. Didn't happen in one day, it happened in six years. But I wasn't doing it because I wanted to get people to listen in that sense yet, because I couldn't even think that far. For me, it was just so big to start the radio show. Because in my heart, I needed a forum to say the things that I knew was my job to say. I mean, seeing Christ doesn't come lightly. And all of a sudden, my ideas aren't just for me, they're for all of us. I'm the same when I was speaking to an audience of one or two as I am speaking to an audience of 120,000. I'm the same. Because I'm still doing it the same way. I'm in my office. I, I dial a phone. And I'm talking to my best friends, or my best friend. And that's how it feels because it feels good doing it. And so those things where you don't want anything back for it is where you're coming to, Liam. You just got to do it. You just got to say what you want to say. Maybe it's in the form of a book. Maybe it's in the form of music. but you have a lot to say. So that's what your dream is saying. I know it sounds like chewing gum and choking on a kebab, but it's not. It's it's about the fact that you have a lot to say, and that, that's a big deal. It's your life, and I know you know that there's a lot in there, and sometimes we forget that. There's so many forms available to us. We just have to find our spot and do it because we love it. Because when we do it because we love it, whatever it is, if you have one person who listens to it, or you have a thousand people that listen to it, what's more important is that you're doing it. And I see he wrote in the chat, I have started a book, I'm on 5,000 words plus, even though I may never publish it, it it's therapeutic to write, write it, warts and all. But it's the writing. Before I published my first book, I was writing for, let me see, when did I publish my first book? 2004. I was writing from 1997, and even while I was writing that book, Every time I would write and all the warts and all would come out, I'd be like, oh, well, I'll put that in there, but I'm not putting this in there. And I ended up putting it all in there because that's who I was. And if I can't be real, the person reading it can't be real. If I can't tell the truth, the person reading it can't tell the truth. Because then I would be teaching them inadvertently through energy by them reading it that I had to pick and choose and pick and choose. Instead of just be what I was. Because that's where we learn. A lot of times people go through crisis, some kind of crisis, and everybody runs away. A lot of times because they're not qualified to take it on. But they do want to know what happened. So they'll go back when you're okay and say, well, how did you do it? So now they know. Now you've shared that. And that's how we learn. We either go through it ourselves or we say, hey, I know someone who went through that. And they had to dial back to zero and start all over again and start a, instead of trying to just patch up what was behind them and then walk on a patched up floor. So there's a lot to be said for who we are. We didn't come here. Watch life go by. We came here because we're alive. And your life does matter. I know just saying that made me think of black lives matter. And they do. Everybody's life matters. Every soul. There is no soul more important than another. And if we're not going to treat people right, we're also not going to get away with it. We may think we are. But we're not. And that's what we're all witnessing now in our world. Times. The one thing we all have in common, and I say this over and over again because Christ said it, is that the one thing we all have in common is that we all chose to be here at the same time in history. Where technology supersedes or overrides emotion and people are you know throwing stuff out and then either apologizing for it not realizing it's even weird for other people to hear and then they're like whoa whoa sorry I I actually didn't mean that and until I heard it out loud or until I saw it or until people commented on it I didn't even know what I thought wasn't okay That raw honesty, because once we hear a truth, the argument's over, because what are you going to do, hurt someone for their truth? But if their truth is hurting someone else, we all need to say, hey, that's not okay. You are capable of hurting others, and we have to pay attention to that. So say it, warts and all, because those warts and all is all of us. So I hope that helped. Great dream. Thank you for sending it along. It's always those little shorties that you think are not a big deal. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Here we go. So thank you for that, Liam. I have another. She says it's not a dream, but it's related to her last dream. Is Maria Dulce from across the pond. So is Liam. Liam is in Ireland, I guess. So We have Maria in England. So let's see what she has to say. This is not a dream. This is related to my last dream that you read, Nadia. We were visiting my beautiful friend that was in hospice, end-of-life care. She passed away today. I saw her on Sunday and got her Coca-Colas that she loved. We laughed about how aware we were to have them, and I am she was to have them. I am so grateful that I could see her then. We realized when they we realize when they are going, what an honor it is to share the life with someone. I sent her a kiss with my hand and I was beautifully surprised to see her doing the same back to me. All of a sudden, for a few days now my husband is very poorly. I saw him in the dream leaving the driver's seat saying, I give up, I had enough, expression and sitting on the passenger seat and covering himself with his jacket. I am very concerned. Please, we need prayers and love. Dear Nadia, please, if you considered appropriate, would you share any thoughts? Thank you always. P.S. The show last Monday helped a lot. I have to tell you, Maria, one of the scariest things any of us can think of because we are alive. None of us know how we're going to go. And when we witness somebody failing, which I'm in that world right now, or not being able to be who they normally are, it's beyond devastating feeling because we want to help everybody we want to take care of them we want to save them we want to make sure we can face everything and I went through an entire gamut They, they call it believe it or not there's a name for it it's called anticipatory grieving it's like you're grieving while they're alive because you're super scared of them dying You obviously want to save them. You want to help them. You want to do everything you can. And some aren't even thinking they may die. And others may think it and not say it. And then there's others yet who say it. You saw your husband say it. Or seen it in your mind. And that's something I had to really reel myself in. Because I think I held my breath for months now. Because we knew that the illness was there. We just didn't expect to accelerate to where we landed a couple of weeks ago. Now it's been about three weeks. And I realized that that whole time I was like chasing my tail, holding my breath. Until everything was okay again. And then one day, I'm going to go back to what you wrote in the second comment. God, I want what you want. I had to reel myself in and just keep saying that over and over again because you or I or anybody else on the face of this earth has no control over somebody's time to come or somebody's time to leave. And a part of me wanted to have control because darn it, I, I was going to save and want to still save person i don't want them to go but i had to realize that i'm better for them in this time if i just take it one day at a time and understand that it's not my control And another way I looked at it was if I were dying or had an illness that kept dictating that I wasn't feeling better every day, I was feeling worse, I I had to think it through. What would I want? What would I do? Because then I can help myself understand where they are coming from. Because one day I may be there if I don't go suddenly and I have a chance to kind of go through all these stages, I thought, well, I would just rest then. And I know this is going to sound really funny, but I don't really eat bread anymore, and it doesn't really work well with my body, and it makes me sluggish and whatever. So I haven't eaten bread for years, and when I do eat it, I realize I didn't really miss it, and I I taste food more now and whatever, but I go, Oh, gosh, if something were going to happen, and I knew it was going to happen, and I was around, I I thought this crazy thought, and it made me laugh, and it made me lighten up about somebody leaving, when I thought of myself leaving. Because when I thought of myself, I was not scared. It was when I thought of someone else that I was scared. And I thought, why? Why? Would I feel okay with me going and not okay with someone else going? Like where's the disconnect? Even though I've seen Christ, even though I know where they're going and I know they're going to be in good hands. I know God doesn't leave anyone behind. I know God takes care of all of us. I got all that. But while we're here, we fight for life and it's innate in us. We cannot help it it's It's what we do. So when we see people not fighting for life, it upsets us like, "Hey, who are you? How could you not care about life or someone kills somebody, and we say, "Wow, you had to cross a line to do that because we are survivors. So sending prayers and love, I will do, we can all do, but it's not in your hands. And it is, God, I want what you want and I will do my best every day because that is all you can do. Instead of worrying about them dying, sit and let them talk. Make them meals that if they if they want to eat that they enjoy. none of us are here forever, and it will never be easy when the people we love leave those are those are for sure facts of all of our lives, and at times it's downright devastating and it It affects the rest of your life. It affects the level of your happiness, depending on how you took it, how close they were to you, who they are. But honoring their life works much more healthy. Turning our pain into honor. Knowing we will see them again knowing that they weren't going to stay here, and just like you felt honored to be with your friend. Be honored that you can share life with him, that you did share life with him. Look at what you both created together and thank him. Look at the family we built at the life we built, yeah we had bumps in the road but look we overcame them, hey we're still here and now we have time time to thank each other let's take a breath and enjoy this time together let's pay attention to the little things Make favorite meals or do favorite things, even if the favorite thing is just to sit there and talk on a porch or to have a bowl of ice cream. Minus bread and butter, hot, fresh bread and butter. That's the thing I thought I would do. I don't know if I'd still want to now, but I always had that vision of when, when, when and if I could be around when I was leaving and I knew I would be, I would want someone to bake me fresh bread and I would want to put butter and let it melt on it and just one bite at a time enjoy it. And when I saw myself see that for myself and I didn't feel scared, It put that perspective of why I was so scared about others. It doesn't mean you're cavalier that they're going. It means that you're conscious and that you can be present for them in the way they need someone present. Because if we're scared, we're going to scare them. Pair them. Just like your friend left happily and you brought her Coca-Colas and she loved them and you left. And you blew kisses to each other. Because never forget that somebody passing is just goodbye for now. That I know for sure. Not forever. And that the love you feel is growing in leaps and bounds at this time. The way you look at the other soul with all forgiveness for anything that may have happened between the two of you that you didn't like, actually makes you laugh at how you may have reacted on something that really wasn't yours to react to in the first place, unless it was personal. And if it was personal, we do start to see that, well, they did that because they were injured. Not because they hated me. Not because they wanted to hurt me. But there was a part of that experience in their life that they hated that just keeps coming up over and over again so they could heal and that was before he or she healed and now they're healed and now they're taking a breath and now they're resting and I am here with them we just have been taught that is is scary and some people in our world are getting that there is a celebration, a celebratory part of when we go home. Doesn't mean it's not sad. It doesn't mean we don't cry. It just means that we are realistic. Even when we don't want to be, even when it's hard to be. Even when you hold your breath for a long time, which I even personally was doing. And I had to catch myself and say, gosh, what am I racing towards? But me, I was going to fix it and turn everything back to normal. But as I was thinking I would turn everything back to normal, the normal was what I was facing and what we were seeing and what was happening. Some people are younger in physical age, yet very old in mind, and they're tired, and they're just ready. And other people are 90 years old, and they're still driving like speed demons on the freeway. I know two of them. They're actually older than 90. They're 92 now. So it's not in our hands. The fact that he is telling you he's had enough. Take what he enjoys most and let him enjoy those things, even if it's for another five years. But shift your focus from fear to empowerment, from holding your breath to breathing, from sharing the beauty together of all you've done. Take this opportunity to say all the stuff that you are thinking about how happy you are for what the two of you have accomplished in life. Thank him. Let him know he mattered. Let him know that sometimes the disagreements were because of both of you, not just because of him. This is a definite healing period, and you've been blessed to have it and look at it that way. And thank you for writing it. It's not easy to write those things and to say those things. And I only have a few seconds left. I love you guys so very much, and I will see you tomorrow on Questions Friday. Bye-bye.